the Conscious Pathways, the podcast where we explore the intersection of education and social justice through transformative conversations. I'm your host, Brittany, and welcome to 2024. This is the first podcast episode that we're going to be dropping in the new year. I'm doing a little bit of pre-recording right now, so probably the next couple of episodes you'll see will be recorded in 2023. Um, So right now I feel like I'm talking to the future, so my future, hope all is going well over there. Um, I'm really excited to, to share what I have in store for us these next couple of episodes. I wanted to start investigating a couple topics in education uh, through that social justice lens. So right now, our first series that I'm doing is on reading and literacy. So I have some guests to share. I did some research. I have some deep dives to share with you on reading and literacy through that social justice lens. And my first guest I wanted to share is Oliver James, who is a motivational speaker and TikTok sensation. He is an adult who is teaching himself how to read. Uh, He used to start his TikToks with, I'm a 35-year-old man teaching myself how to read. And... But not that long ago, he used to say that I can't read. And I've been following his TikTok journey for probably the last year or so. And it's been incredible to see him grow, to see his love for literacy grow, to see his journey just in teaching himself how to read and all of the ups and downs that come along with that. So I'm incredibly honored uh, to share this conversation with you. Um, It was just such a vulnerable, wonderful conversation to have and he's just a wonderful human so I'm so excited to share that so let's get into the interview hello and welcome to conscious pathways I'm so excited to have you here (laughs) glad to be here um you are someone that I have followed on TikTok. I know we were just talking a little bit before we got started um but you're the first person that I reached out to that I found on TikTok and so Yeah, I feel like you are like a TikTok celebrity to me. So (laughs) I'm super excited to just have you on and have you share your story with the audience. And I'm stoked. (laughs) I'm excited. Let's get it. Yes, yes. So usually, generally, I have teachers on the podcast. So I'll usually start by asking them how they got their start in education and what inspired them to be a teacher. Uh, But this is a little bit different because you're coming from a different perspective in education. Um, So... I know that you're at a space where you're an adult teaching yourself how to read as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first question for you is going to be, what inspired you to start this journey of learning how to read as an adult? Because I know that that is not an easy task to do, um, and it would certainly be easier to not do it. So what inspired you? Why are you on this reading journey? Uh, you, know, you know, I started off with simple things like I want to learn to read, but it turned into so much. There's so many things because when I started there, it was just, I want to learn to read, but then it was like, okay, why I'm 35 at that time I'm 30, 32, I think I was. And I'm thinking like, you're 32, like you're, you might have a kid. And I, you know, just that thought. And I was like, fine, we'll have a kid. But thinking like, what will you do? Like, what, what are the things you're going to be able to do with the kid? And I'm like, I didn't understand what to do. And that's when I realized I was like, I I should learn to read because if I learn to read, I might know more what of what to do. And that opened up, I think just that thought process of saying, I want to have a child one day, but then how am I going to be able to give my child any abilities if I ain't got the ability, you know? So that's when I was like, okay, there got it. There got to be more. And obviously as I started learning how to read, it just, 
it opened up more reasons on where, like why I really wanted to learn to read. You know, I just didn't know it. Yes, yes. And like I said, that's not an easy feat. You know, usually we start with when we're teaching children to read and it's hard and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of competing narratives right now on how to teach children how to read. Um, and so I think as a country, we're still trying to discover like what's the best ways to go about it. And within this, all this transition period, a lot of kids have been kind of stuck in this kind of weird middle area with reading. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that makes it really difficult. And so kind of on this journey of learning how to read, what has been your, you know, what has been your favorite part about it and what has been the hardest part about it? The hardest part is reading um, in general. The, my favorite part is reading. It's kind of like the very similar effect of life, like or things that are going on. Like when they say, like, what's the best part about being a parent? It's like being a parent. What's the worst part? Being a parent. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the best part about watching your kids grow up? And then it's like, you know, what's the worst part? Watching them grow up, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. same exact thing with, 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 with the reading journey. Like, I, I love it, but it's hard. And in order to love something you have have to see how hard it is or how bad it is in some way <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's very true that's very true mm-hmm. and i know for me i also struggled to learn how to read as a young child and there's a lot that kind of goes into that so like if you're reading in general is hard like our brains are not geared for like learning to read. It's not a natural thing that our brains Mm -hmm. automatically know how to do. So in order for us to get there, you have to be kind of very explicit and very structured about how we go about doing that Mm -hmm. with young children. And like I said, there's been a lot of flip-flopping in education about what that best practice is. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know when I was younger and I was just struggling and it was hard and going into, I almost didn't make it into the second or the third grade because of how low my kind of reading and comprehension skills were Mm. I ended up moving into that third grade and you know I had a teacher at the time who really did take her time to teach me how to read and she found books that I was interested in and I think that that was a big thing for me because once she brought in things that were interesting to me I was like oh wait a minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can learn about things that I care about through this reading thing Mm -hmm. okay let me see what this is all about but a lot of students don't get that. Like I was very lucky in the fact that my third grade teacher did put in a lot of extra work to see that I had the ability to read. I just needed a little bit more time and attention and and structured kind of explicit reading things, but not every child gets that. And that's hard, especially with third grade being third grade is a big pivotal year for students because that's when we start doing standardized testing. Mm. That's when we start doing a lot of reading to comprehend. So you do a lot of the building blocks before third grade. And if you don't have those building blocks, it's going to make it next to impossible for you to learn to read throughout that progress. You got to keep falling behind because you didn't get those building blocks. Yeah. I think that might have happened to myself. Really? Yeah. Like when you think back to your early kind of learning experiences, did you, did you struggle a lot with, with reading or were you kind of like just left behind in some kind of way? I honestly don't know. You know, I was more focused on trying not to get in trouble. So reading wasn't even a thing. I didn't even know reading existed. 
Yeah. You know, like I was like, yeah. I, like it's not something that was like of an option. It wasn't an option mm-hmm. for me. So I was just like, I don't know what yeah. to even think about with that. But I didn't even think mm-hmm. to think now that that's probably the only option for you going to school was to probably learn to read. <laughs> like, so like yes. you're looking at it and I'm like, I didn't even think of school being the option for reading. Like, you know, I'm like, no, I thought it was mm-hmm. the option for just behaving like so I could behave well. So mm-hmm. it was really hard for me. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. No, that sounds, that sounds really hard and difficult, right? Because in a lot of ways, that's the reality for a lot of students where you're, the expectation for students is to kind of be very the same. So they all want students to sit down on their desks and to not, you know, touch anything and to listen to the teacher and to not speak when not spoken to and all these different things that we do in kind of very traditional education system to where for some students, the focus is. I just have to be a good kid in this class. Like I cannot misbehave. And that's, if that's your focus, there's all this other learning and amazing experiences that you're not getting. If your focus is like, I just have to focus on this one thing. Or we have students from various backgrounds where, you know, I know when I was growing up, I had so many other more important things that I needed to focus on. Right. So if you're not, if you're not sure where your next meal is coming from, if you're not in a space where you feel safe, if you, aren't sleeping well because of your home environment, all these different things that are happening. Like, like for me, that was happening. It was like, okay, well, my concern is survival. My concern is not reading. My concern is not math. That's not helping me right now. (laughs) Right now, my focus is on all these other different things. And so we also have to take that into consideration too, as, as educators working with young people and working with families, because there's all these other aspects that if we're not paying attention to students can really just fly under the radar. And we don't see these like kind of big glaring issues until way, way later, wow. which is just, it's concerning and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've, I've been wanting to figure out ways to make a post about like something on how I can describe myself, but doing this interview in just this amount of short amount of time, I've literally just learned how to maybe <laughs> describe myself. I didn't understand how to describe myself. Now I'm realizing like, really? there's, yeah, there's, I realize now there's a better way to describe myself and it's just to describe mm-hmm. myself. But now I'm realizing that can be really rough because I'm really like, if the, the terms, I'm really ignorant, you know? And I'm like, if I start describing myself, I might come off very ignorant. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> No, it, it, it makes sense too. And I think you being on this reading journey and then in the short amount of time that I've been kind of following your reading journey, I think I've been following you. Well, I started this year, I think when I found your profile and started like following you and kind of seeing your journey and even the language that you use from when you began doing your kind of journey and like posting that on TikTok mm-hmm. was your, your language in the beginning was like, I can't read mm-hmm. or I don't know how to read. And now, you know, I saw a post this morning and you're like, I'm learning, you know, I'm an adult who's learning how to read or I'm Mm -hmm. teaching myself how to read. And even that language shift, right, is so important because that shows that shows your progress over time. And it's a phenomenal thing to see. (laughs) You know, it's it's not just phenomenal. It's phenomenal to get someone to express it in terms from the outside, because what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. on the inside, I wish people you expressing it, but I'm like, do you really get it? I'm like, because sometimes I'll just be like, I'll just keep this to myself. It's all good. Because I don't know if I can share it with people in a way that I'm really 
changing. Like, this is amazing. You know, learning to read is something powerful. I cannot explain it. Like, I can't explain it. I could cry for it. For the maybe just the millions or billions of people who didn't get a chance or just didn't do it, I'm telling you because it's it's a part of humanity. Like human minds need to be able to express that ability to exercise something in the brain that knows reading is being activated. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, yes. but when that happened to me, it spent a, a spent it spent more than a a reading shift. It's been like a life shift. You know, like, mm. I can't explain it. If I knew the words or the terms to be able to give you what it is and mm. what it feels like to change from a reader and a non-reader, like a person who, mm. it's as if like they made movies about it, like Pinocchio becoming a boy, you know, Frankenstein mm. gaining knowledge like a brain or something, you know what I mean? Or like, wow. you know, remember the, 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 the yellow brick road and he's going to look, they're all going to look for something, you know? Yeah. That's what it's like. Like, you know, someone's missing reading. You're missing a part of you. That's why they're on that road trying to mm-hmm. figure out, like, let me get this one thing. And, you know, if, if, if it was that, it would be reading. It would be that. You would know. You're like, if I got this one thing, it may change something about you. Now, again, it doesn't mean it's everything, but you know that every person, when you're missing that thing, you're on a constant seek of, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why is something off? Mm. And it, that's what you feel. And yeah. when I learned to read, I was like, it, it never, I don't care if I become the best reader, whatever. It's because now I've gained the ability of a reader. I've gained the responsibilities. I gained the, the, the empathy of it, the pain, the struggle, the trauma. These things are all necessary. And I couldn't even express this to you without becoming a reader. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't be able to express none of this to you. I'll be sitting here. If you ask me questions about reading, I'll be like, huh? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, I would literally be like, cool. All right. Yeah, I don't know. But I can express in depth of so many different ways of, you know, if, you, if you're a reader, you would get it. If you don't read, you would be like, what is he talking about? It sounds stupid. And I'm like, no, because you're not reading. You start reading, you will see you're like, wow, yeah. I've traveled through dimensions, worlds, universes. I'm like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. you have. But to gain that, what I'm saying to you, because this is the good part, to gain that for me, I have to go through the pain and the struggles of mm-hmm. all the other parts to gain those beautiful parts I've told you, like traveling through space and time and feeling the words of these books and seeing things and being able to learn. And mm-hmm. For me, I have to go through those hard struggles, those painful struggles that many people like adults don't, that who got left behind or something or didn't do anything, they don't want to do. They don't want to go through those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, it's not easy. It's not like you just kind of decided to to do an easy task. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll just learn how to read tomorrow. Like, that's not, no, that's no. not a big deal. <laughs> no way. This took me yeah. out of my entire existence. I was, I'm not even the same human mm-hmm. being no more. Once I decided to become a reader, wow. it was this was like Superman decided to, you know, step out of the phone booth. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like he walked in one day and was just like, now when you come out, you're coming out as Superman, man. Like, it does not matter. You know, but you get, it's like it's like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You know, it's a transition, mm-hmm. but no one knows what's happening in that cocoon. And I mean, from what I've heard, there's probably some stuff that like, you know, we probably we wouldn't even be able to, you know, withstand as a human if we had to go yeah. through it. But that's what's happening to the brain. 
to the brain when you start yes. learning. It's like restructuring itself. So it feels similar to probably chaos. I'm, I'm expressing this from experience, but yeah, sometimes it's even scary, scary to express because I don't want to believe I had to go through chaos to, to become a reader, but I did. I'm sorry to tell you, but yes, I did. I had to go through confusion. Uh, you know, it, you know, I, I don't even know if there's another word I can use besides confusion because I'm still like confused on like what this is. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to explain reading to you like I'm a reader. And I'm like, no, I'm a person who's just learned. And I'm so mm -hmm. excited to talk about it. Like it's like I've discovered the, the light or something, you know, like I've discovered the moon or right. something. Like that's what I feel. But mm -hmm. If you can ignite that power in a 35-year-old man, that power can be ignited in anyone then. You know, like, that can be ignited in anyone. Yes. yes. You have to be able to be. Yes. It can. You can't tell me otherwise. Mm -hmm. No, no. And it's 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 unfortunate, but, like, your story isn't an uncommon story, right? Because mm -hmm. there are adults out there who still struggle to read, who do not know how to read, and have just had to find ways to navigate life just the same way that you've found ways to navigate life. And, you know, we see that there's that connection between early literacy and, you know, juvenile justice and the criminal justice system and how these mm -hmm. kind of connections, if you kind of survey, you know, people who have had interactions with criminal justice systems, like their level of reading is way below where you would expect that to yeah. be. And, so we're seeing this kind of connection, right? Because it does connect to so many avenues of life. And, you know, we see that with, with young children learning how to read kind of similar to what you're saying, that it is this really hard struggle and it's, it's hard for them to grasp these things. And it's even hard for them to communicate how hard it is. And we as adults kind of forget that sometimes hmm. <laughs> that it's, that it's hard. And so hearing stories like you and hearing stories of adults who are going through this process and teaching themselves how to read and, finding that love and joy of literacy, it's incredible. And it just, it really helps us to understand this process a little bit more of what, of what people are going through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit. So before you went on this reading journey and before you started to teach yourself how to read and, you know, I know this year you're going on a journey of trying to read a hundred books, which is just fantastic. Like, yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, how many books left do you at this point? Uh, I'm on 97. Book 97. 97. Yeah. Ah, that is so cool. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yep. And I'm sure, you know, 31 or 32 year old version of yourself is so proud of you. Oh, yeah. I can't. I, I, didn't, I don't even know where to begin. I haven't sat back, honestly, to even to soak it in yet. But I'm just waiting. I'm just not that type of person who's mm -hmm. just like, Let's finish the books and see what comes from it. Like what excitement you get. Because yes. the overwhelming mm -hmm. feeling is going to come. Because it's a, it's a self-goal that I'm like, and the fact yes. that I've read one book, I'm already ready to scream. But I'm like, let's go. Let's mm -hmm. keep going. And we're going to 100. Then we get to 100, maybe we'll scream at a mountain or something. Who knows? <laughs> Just be fun. I love that goal. Knew, oh. never, yeah, never knew. I would I knew, never even. I, I would have to. I want to sit down and I want to match them up. The version of me who didn't read much at all of anything. And then the version who's read a hundred books. And I probably will just sob out crying. I probably would just lose it because I know I'm going to be like, I cannot believe I've done that. Like, I've, like, there's no possible way you could tell me I've done that. There's no way you could have told me I've done that in high school or anything. There's no way you could tell me I read book or anything. Nothing. There's no way you could have paid me. You could pay me millions. You could have been like, I gave you a million of dollars to read a book. I'd have been like, no. 
in front of you told me to read a million dollars in high school in front of a, a like an auditorium full of kids i'd tell them no you could give me any money in the more i'd have been no now i would pay someone a million dollars to be able to read in front of kids in the school probably i'm, I'm like i'll do it let's go like i don't care about the money i'm like let's go i want to go read like it's just have fun but you can see the shift because reading gave me even that strength to have that much strength yes. to say ah like what like 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 i could do anything i'll go read anything now that's mm -hmm. that's that's power reading right there that's reading you know what i mean that's that yeah that's reading right there that is it <laughs> that is the i love that i love what you said the power of reading because you know literacy and access to literacy and reading it is a social justice issue because it's such an integral part of our society right because the higher ability that you have to read, that's going to give you access to jobs. That's going to mm -hmm. give you access to your medical care. That's going to give you access mm -hmm. to more opportunities in life, right? And when we when we hold children back by not arming them with this beautiful power of reading, right? There's so much learning that you can have that comes from learning from other people's perspectives in books, learning about other people's stories from books, yeah. just learning about other creative ideas from books. There's so much that comes from literacy that it's, it's such a disservice. It's, it's, it should be like one of our given rights that we should be having the ability, the, given the, the school, the, words, the skills to be able to read. Mm -hmm. It is a social justice issue and it is almost strategic in a way. Because I know if you go way, 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 way back into like kind of American history, right? And the civil rights movement, a lot of slaves were not taught how to read. Mm -hmm. And that was intentional, right? Because there's power in reading. Mm -hmm. And so during the civil rights movement, one of my favorite classes I took in, in college was about like the art of social justice. So every social justice movement has an art form that's kind of attached to it. And so in social justice or in uh, the civil rights movement, a lot of what was connected to that was music, mm. right? So mm. knowing that a lot of black people at the time could not read, so you couldn't really disseminate pamphlets and be like, okay, we're going to meet here or where this is the plan, this is what we're doing because they didn't know how to read. That was intentional. Gotcha. So we did the music so they would you know have these really nice upbeat hymns but in it was okay this is where this is the plan this is what we're doing and it would you know give people the idea of what's going on and it was a way to share information and again it kind of just goes it goes back to what you said that power of reading it is such a powerful tool to be able to read and to be able to write and to be able to share your story and get that out there is such a powerful powerful medium that when we again when we are not giving that opportunity to students intentionally giving that opportunity to students letting children go just kind of through the motions of education and not intentionally giving them this skill you know we are setting we are setting them up to not succeed yeah why would we do that <laughs> yeah but you also it's also what we're starting to realize is it's taking the toll on the educational system because yes. it because the system needs it needs something to to sustain, you know, like, and the kids are what's keeping it, you know, alive, you know, yeah. they're starting to not like connect with like the teachers and, and the, the, the education they're being taught, you know, certain things because, you know, internet and certain, there's so much more faster in their home life and, I don't know. You know, it's, it's it's a really rough space for kids and teachers and learning right now because we're in a time where I think we made some mistakes with the past 
and we want mm-hmm. them to know a lot now like teach now let's read let's get them and they're like i don't want to do none of that now and it yep that's the hard part because they're that's that's where we're at right now we're our society needs people to know how to read it makes us because we're going into it like an information world it's like you know communicating with technology they're like we need people to know how to kind of read now like it's not it's not an option now so it's rough it's really rough for them because you know how do you influence a large group of people to do something that will make not only themselves better but the entire world better you know Mm-hmm. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when you think about other young people with like a similar story to you who either struggled with reading all throughout kind of their, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, you know, educational journey and even beyond that, you know, what what kind of advice do you have for for students in a similar situation either teaching themselves how to read or whether, you know, they're deciding if they want to even learn how to read, like kind of that's what you're saying, that the the motivation just like might not be there. What would you say to them? Well, you know, sometimes I try to talk to myself, like, like I was a kid, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you know, I would tell them, honestly, you can't avoid the things that are going to happen to you, like, you know, you can't avoid any of those things, but you can add on some things that can help you. So mm. sometimes I feel like it's better for kids to know like, hey, you can't avoid that some of these things will happen. To you. But mm-hmm. if you add on a few things, these things won't feel as bad as they feel right now. And I think a lot of times for like little boys, myself, as we're growing up, we don't know how to control what we feel as much Mm. you know and you know that's why reading is a big part because it can help you control how you feel but I would tell them like you know when I was when I was a kid it was really hard because I didn't understand how to feel you know at all like Mm. it was really 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 hard and uh, if there's kids out there that got the same issue they just don't know how to feel you're okay feeling like that Mm -hmm. That's how you're supposed to feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just want yeah. them to know, like, that's, they're like, like, no, no. Even that feeling, like, you're like the one that's like the baddest feeling you, I'm like, yes, that's the best one. <laughs> like, enjoy that one. That's the best one. The one that hurts the most. You're like, but what about mm-hmm. even the good ones? Some of them telling you, you know, when we're growing up, we don't even know how to enjoy the good moments as much as we want mm-hmm. to. We, you know, people around us might have us halfway enjoying our moment, you know, and it'd be like that forever. You know, we'll grow up even now, be like that for now, be good moments and you'd be halfway enjoying, stopping your own enjoyment. And that's why I really want people to understand, like, while you're young or even when you're older, like, man, you know, take a second, you know, to really, 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 you know, enjoy this time that you got right now on this planet, you know. Mm. yeah ground yourself <laughs> you know if you you know people, yeah, sometimes people take it in and they they want to hear the real serious stuff about you know what they can take from everything but I just want you know maybe I think what I suffered from so much in my life was feelings 
you know, I mm. suffered from so many feelings and, you know, reading is a tool to help me again with my feelings. It always comes down to the same thing how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the big thing I want them to understand that I didn't even understand that the feelings are okay. It took a long time, yes. you know, and I want them to know like all of them are okay. Even the ones when you like yeah. completely confused, but you know, if we could be taught to be like, so I could laugh at this wildly crazy pain I got going on. I'm like, can you laugh? You could do even more if you're taught. You could do more with that if you're taught. Like, and that is why I'm, I'm really expressing to people because we see some of these kids do some really like heroic things because of how they feel. You know, imagine if they were taught to to those feelings. You know, they could they could brush it off in, in a way of like they were like, how did I do that? I'm like. Hey, you always had that ability. You just didn't know that. And I was, you needed someone to come and tell you, it's okay. Those are the best feelings right there. Like, yeah, I felt that. Like, I know that's okay. It's okay to feel that. Yes. Yes. And I love the connecting your, your feelings with kind of just having a deeper understanding of even the things that you're feeling and connecting that with, with that reading component too, because feeling and emotions are so hard. So I have a, I come from an early childhood education background. And so I taught preschool, um, you know, previously. And that is something that within preschool, we focus a lot around, at least in preschools that I've worked at, in my experiences, we focus a lot around emotions mm -hmm. and identifying our emotions. And a lot of times when young children who, you know, they have big emotions, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, they're just these, these little, these little bodies and these little people and they experience these really, really big emotions and they experience a wide variety of emotions and sometimes in a short period of time and teaching children at that young age that, yeah, it's being mad. is not, it's not a bad emotion, you know, mm -hmm. out, out of anger has come so many beautiful movements and beautiful things because it's like there's injustice and people are angry about it and they're moved to change. They're moved to do something different about that. Right. So our anger can be a way of being a catalyst for change and, and doing things differently. So it's not necessarily always a bad emotion. Being sad is not a bad emotion. Right. Mm -hmm. And so really teaching young children because they can internalize that so quickly of I'm angry. Therefore I must be bad. Right. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like, that's not the case. No, <laughs> yeah. your anger is valid. You're allowed to feel angry sometimes. Yeah. Like if you're angry, let's think about some things that we can do with that anger. Right. Yeah. Like you're angry. Let's go stomp our feet. You're angry. Yeah. Let's go hit this pillow over here. Like, let's go do something with that anger. Yeah. You don't have to hold it inside. Um, but really connecting that because as I'm sure that you've also experienced on your journey of learning how to read and even before, you know, knowing how to read and all of the, all of the struggles that kind of come with that, being an adult in a society that is very reading forward and, and not being at that point. I know you've probably also experienced a lot of emotions that you probably even be able to like pinpoint what it was, mm -hmm. but just the experience of that and then not necessarily having that outlet or having a label on it or all those really confusing things that you mentioned, like, yeah. That's gotta. That's gotta be hard. <laughs> it's pretty scary, you know. It's much better to be able. It's not. It's not so much you have to have a label to something, but it's better to have an understanding of it. You know, like there is something good about everything. You know, some of this stuff can be really groundbreaking information because mm. we have things down to the simple, simplest thing that we've all have now which were one time the hardest things. 
you know, movement, talking, walking, simple things, which were once at one point in time in hu- human evolution, and probably some of the hardest things for us to even do. And where we've evolved to is scary as a human evolvement because we're like, we don't even know that. I'm like, if we knew that we've evolved at this level of, like, if we remember how much we've evolved, like, People don't even know, like, you're a genius, the fact that you can go to Starbucks and order a coffee. Because if you took that education system back to 18 BC or some whatever, you would be, like, a genius Mm -hmm. to them. And all you do is go to and order Starbucks coffee. You get what I'm saying? But your level of today's life makes you a genius from 500 years ago. You get what I mean? So if you can acknowledge that today, that you're a genius in, in, in five years, 100 years ago, you're a genius. Today, you're just a dude who just yeah. sleeps on someone's couch. You, you, you get what I'm saying? You're technically a genius yes. in today's time. You're just not working at that yeah. potential as a genius. You're not looking at your genius. Because if you took anything from now back 500 years ago, you would be considered a genius. Just, just ordering a Starbucks coffee yeah. somewhere. They'd be like, just saying those words. They'd probably be like, you're a genius. How do you have those words in your mouth? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do you get what I mean? Yes. And that... I do. I do. That level of evolution for me to be able to sit here and see like okay you've went from a non-reader to a reader that level of evolution in just a couple of years what is your potential what is human's potential you can just take yourself from a non-reader to a reader in a couple years what is the potential of a human now i know i've learned that in a fast way because of my like grit like i knew i had a reason like i felt it I'm like, yes. if you can apply that to everything, human can be unstoppable. You apply that to everything, yes. love, pat, you know, safety, trust. You can start mm-hmm. exploring ways of life that you can never even imagine. And again, yes. parts of human evolution. Like, you get what I mean? Like, you, I don't even know how to explain some of this that I've started to, like, learn for myself, I guess, or for what other people maybe are learning themselves as well. But I read some books, I start to see that my mind is changing in a way of how evolution has changed humans over thousands of years. And like you just take a little bit of yourself and apply it to something that seems really hard, regardless if it's even being nice to someone, you might end up being the nicest person in the world because you started applying being a nice person. Like it is, that's the, that's the beauty of learning what humans are capable of doing now. It just, it just really hurts. It's really hard. That's the trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, it's, I can even see it in those moments, right? When like, I'll go to my grandma's house and she'll be like, oh, like help me with something on my phone or help me with something on my computer. And I go on there, I do it like in like a couple seconds. And she's like, wow, that's amazing. You're so smart. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah like it just helped you with your emails like it's not (laughs) it wasn't anything revolutionary but it does help you to kind of see that because you know i've grown up around technology so to me it's not a big deal to be able to just like go on a computer really fast and just type something in or you know move stuff around or go on a phone and move stuff around and exactly what you're saying this evolution like if I went back in time 50 years ago and I had my cell phone, I was like, oh, yeah, you can just look, do this or you can just do that. They'd be like, holy. Yes, they would think you are like, a What's... genius or something or some type yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, and it's just how we have evolved and the technology that we have around us 
to have helped us evolve this this space. And it is an amazing thing to kind of stop and look at while we have progressed so far. And we've progressed this far because of, you know, a lot of hard work that we've done and a lot of of hardships that we've been through as Mm -hmm. a community, as a society, as a world, as a human race, all the hardships that we've been through have contributed to the advancements that we've been able to make today. Yeah. And thinking that, you know, your ability in that sense is limitless. Yeah. Right. If you, if you, you know, if you want to change a thing about yourself, if you want to learn something, it is limitless how, how much you can learn and how much you can do when you are motivated to do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's, yeah. that's the power of, uh, of, uh, you know, just gaining a tool like reading can give you, give you a head start on mm-hmm. making those things come true. You know, that's all it is. A little thing like that, like all of them, it doesn't matter. There's no escape. All the elements of humanity that we've have explored and even some of them we don't know that are even tampering with, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, books are, books are ahead of us. They're already there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like the information's not in the books, it's in us. You get what I mean? Like mm. that, that's the, that's the problem. We created the books, but we can't get more information out of us if we don't read the books. The books helps us create more information. It's it's this, mm-hmm. it's like a cycle. It's it's a trade off. All you're doing is just putting messages from another world into paper. And so you know what I mean? Like it's, it already exists. This is a world that already exists. That's why these books all say the same things. When you read all these books, I'm like they all say the same, like process yeah. like why do they all have the same building block process i'm like because they all coming mm-hmm. from the same world that we all don't know how to completely tap into we get lost yes. but when you start reading books again you seem like why am i feeling like i'm tapped into something like it's moving and flow i'm like because you that books already have it in there not all of it it's in you once you start reading you'll relay more out you'll put more, however it is like people express in so many ways and we've learned that it's not just about books. It could be, you know, a musician, but now has a book. You know, it could be a person talking about a hare who now wrote a book. You know, it's like, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you could, someone who became a cook who now wrote a book. You know, it's like, yep. it's just like you see it and you're like, what is this? I'm like, it's information I have to put into a book. I'm like, why don't you just leave it like it is? I'm like, no, because there was information. Now that I'm a famous cook. What is the information that you give us? You're cooking. And that's why they write the book. You get what I'm saying? Because the information is like, I can't really explain it. We never can, but the book can, right? It always does. Like, But yeah. why can't someone sit here? Even now I'm talking to you. I'm like, I can't tell you nothing. But if there was a book, you'd be like, wow, that was pretty amazing. You'd be like, well, I just tried to explain it to you. You'd be like, it never explains. The yeah. movies can't explain it, nothing. But a book can. We all know that. You're like, there was something about that book that really did it. And yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, you see how excited I get about this, but like, I really believe I that. It. Yeah, I really believe that. Like, I want to push this as hard as I possibly can. So I get lost in speaking about books because I want to be more lost in my interviews and stuff when people can see, like, this is what books have done for me. You know, if I do any interview, I'm like, I want you to see, like, then this dude's really like, what is he, what is he, what's going on? I'm like, I'm giving you back your power, your spark. You know exactly what books do. Every single person in this world who listens to any podcast of ours or if I'm on it, they'd be like, Stu wasn't lying. Like he really did know. I want you to be even a person who's rejecting of books, being like, I stopped. 
to pick up a book today. I was mm-hmm. bored and I was just like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just felt like I should. I'm like, yeah, I want you to have heard and be like, and that happens. And that's the mission that I'm kind of mm-hmm. on like right now. Every podcast, everything I do, yeah. I want some people, because people have done it. Every people would be like, I bought a book today. I don't even know why. And they'll message me. I'm like, I don't even know why. Because I, it's like in their consciousness. They'll be like, I was just at the line. I bought this book. And I'm like, I know. I know. I'm like, I'm making it happen. I'm planting the seeds everywhere I go. Yes. Yes, you are. And there's there's this term. So we have illiterate, illiterate which is someone who does not know how to read. Mm-hmm. And then we have illiterate, which means people who know how to read just choose not to read, right? Oh, and I did not know that. There's... Yeah, it's a fascinating, you know, process, right? Because either reading is, whether it's hard, whether there was like kind of some learning disabilities that made reading hard, or there were some systemic issues that happened that made reading just like not even happen. Um, or with people who are illiterate, it's just you've either lost the desire to read, oh, wow. the, the fun isn't there. And in my research, kind of looking at, at reading, and there's different approaches that, you know, scientists look at when we talk about reading. And there's one approach that's very structured. Um, so it's very systemic. It's very explicit. Like we're going to go into phonetics. We're going to go into where, like all these different things into reading, which is, you know, scientifically proven to be the best way to get people to learn how to read. But in that process of making it very systemic, it sucks all the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that is a big, big element of reading that we have to make sure that when we are working with children and we're working with people that we're instilling that reading can be fun. Reading can be a release. Reading can be so many great, like you said earlier, like it could take you to different worlds, different dimensions. It can take you to different countries. It can bring different perspectives. It can bring things like you read something like the Lord of the Rings and they make a whole other world that Mm. I had, you wouldn't even imagine before, right? And it could take you there. And so not only is reading a necessity, not only is reading a social justice issue and concern, but also it is a thing that can be fun. And yeah. I think we lose that sometimes when we're when we're going through this reading process. And I think that's what leads people to be a literate, knowing how to read and just not reading, not picking up a book the rest of their lives, not looking at, you know, not reading for anything other than what they have to read for, because all the fun has been sucked out of it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things I will say, I don't know completely how to teach someone and I'm not going to give people how or what or, you know, I don't know, or in any sense of the way. But I'm going to put my two cents in and say what I think would work for me when it comes to this, how people should be teaching people how to read. I teach myself how to read. And I'm going to tell you something. This has been some of the best times of my life, especially as I open up to read the way I like to read. I've been in mm-hmm. now in parking lots where I dance, listen to music. I, you know, I'll I do some little cartwheels or I'll jump around and dance. And I do it because mm-hmm. that's how I should have learned as a kid. And that's why I do it. So I don't sit in no desk and try. I do sometimes. I do that when I want to. But when I feel like I want to go outside and dance and jump around and have fun, I do it. And the reason why I do that, because I want to feel, was it wrong when I did it? And I used to get beat and restrained mm-hmm. for it. And now I go do it and I feel like I, it's wrong. But as soon as I start to realize, I'm like, no, no, no. This is right because you're allowed to learn this way. And this is the way that you should have learned from the beginning. If it, 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 I'm telling y'all, I'm about to be one of the best readers you ever met in your life, because <laughs> I get to go now and I, I, I get to wait. I get to read how I want to read, and I want mm-hmm. kids. I don't know if I'm gonna ever create a movement with this because I didn't know that you know you don't want to create too much controversy. But then I start to realize I'm like, no, I kind of like dancing and listening to music, and because I got ADHD, 
And I'm like, hold on, I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna do this. So I started doing it. Yes. And let me tell you something. It may not be the right way or how everybody wants it to be, but it's my way. And I love dancing when I'm working, when I'm reading. Sometimes I like, you know, doing a couple, you know, jumping jacks or something. And I don't know, jogging in place. I, I have ADHD, even at 35 years old. Mm. And it helps me. It makes me feel so good. So I know in school that was a no-no. That was a meat suspension or, or yeah, yeah. when I was in school, special ed, that was a restraining. That was something. You couldn't do that. You get out of your seat. It was beat you or something. It was something. So mm. it. That's what I'm saying. So for me now, I can't speak for all kids because I don't know how it is for them, but I'm 35 years old. And if I want to go get out of my seat and go jump around and dance and listen to music when I'm reading, I could do it and it feels good. And I'm just saying I'm learning that way. And that's, that makes me want to read every day. I want to read now. Like I'd rather go read now than do anything, you know, because I can dance and read. I'm having fun. But that wasn't an option. So I'm just trying to tell you, if you're like, what, could, what is the problem? I'm like, it might be you trying to make you them mm-hmm. them they don't want to be like that yes. <laughs> they don't like that's what it might be yes. yeah that's it i feel like i feel like you don't even know how profound everything you just said was <laughs> <laughs> but it it truly is profound so again i come from early childhood and within our form of teaching we talk about something called developmentally appropriate practices and so that's looking at where is the child in terms of just their human development and making sure that the practices that we are doing are in align with where that child currently is right now, not where I think they should be, not anything else, where that child is right now, Mm -hmm. right? And then I can build my curriculum around, okay, I want the child to be here. This is where they are. So what kind of practices can I do to get them here? And so in my experience, I haven't directly had to teach children how to read because that comes a little bit later uh, within their, their early development. I taught like two to two to three year olds right but we do kind of early and emergent reading and so what that looks like is giving them one exposure to print concepts right Mm -hmm. do you like how do you look at a book are you looking at the book i don't quote unquote the right way but is it is it the right way up or you looking at it upside down like that kind of tells me where we are in terms of just like your understanding of print concepts right are you understanding the language that I'm saying? If I'm reading a book to students, are they just are they understanding what the words I'm saying, what the language I'm using? Are they understanding that? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's you know kind of other kind of really early emergent things that we're looking at, and you know we would do something called circle time. So it's where we kind of where most of our like really instruction comes from is when the kids are sitting in front of us and we're all in a circle and that's where we read books. We sing like ABC songs, like kind of just mm-hmm. getting them familiar with letters and print concepts and all those different things. And when I do circle time, sometimes the idea is that they want all the kids to be sitting down, eyes on you, quiet and listening. And that's kind of what people would like to see in circle time. Mm -hmm. Very rarely is that what actually happens (laughs) in circle time. (laughs) Um, Because young children, like they got to get up and move. Their attention spans aren't that long. So I can't do a 30, 40 minute circle time expecting two and three year olds to sit there and listen. It's just not going to happen. That's not appropriate for they are developmentally. And so, you know, I would have days where my students were just extra wiggly. So what I would do is I would stop and say, you know what, let's have a dance party. And we'd get up and we would dance and we would sing and we would do all these different things, get your wiggles out, and then they might be ready to sit and listen. Um, Or I'd have students who just sitting down and listening was not their vibe. But if I just let them stand up and roam around the room, they were still listening to me. me. 
Me. But their eyes might not have been on me. That'd have been me. But they're still listening. Yep. They're just wandering around. Yep. That'd have been me. That'd have been fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd have kids who needed to sit on like certain like, you know, like little stability balls. So they would just be like, you know, wobbling around, uh, doing wow. all kinds of wild things. But they're still listening to me. And as long as you are listening, that's all I that's all I care about. As long as we're listening, your body is safe. You're keeping your friend's body safe. That is what I care about. I care less about you sitting down with your eyes on me because I know that learning is going to look different for everyone. And in early childhood, I have the ability to do that. Unfortunately, as we go into like more structured kind of, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, it's going to get way more structured because mm -hmm. we're kind of teaching to the test at that point, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting ready for standardized testing. We're doing these things. So the ability to let children, you know, get up and walk around the room, mm -hmm. they're not going to let you do that. And similar, exactly what you were explaining in your experience that the, the idea or the focus is then obedience. It's, can you obey what I'm saying? rather than focusing on your actual quality of learning. And that's kind of a big problem in our traditional education system is that the focus is on obedience. The focus is on, I want you to sit down and listen and don't talk back. And honestly, don't even want to know what your opinions on things are. I just want you to be recipients of knowledge. Just sit there and be sponges. But that's not how people learn. Mm. <laughs> that's not how most students learn. Some yeah. students learn great that way. Some students can sit in their desk all day and be a little sponge of learning. That was how I was. I was just very like calm kid. I just, I wanted to be the good kid at all times. So I would just sit there and listen and not say anything, not do anything. The total opposite. But did I get, did I get the best learning experience? Probably not. Right. Mm. And so the students who learn differently, exactly what you're saying, the students who learn differently, who might need to just move around a little bit and we're, we're understanding ADHD and children a little bit more now than I think mm -hmm. we did, but like we were in school and we're understanding students with sensory needs a little bit differently. We're understanding students learning styles are different. So we're understanding it more now, mm -hmm. but we weren't given that grace no. as when we were younger, no. you know, <laughs> not really. No. And it makes it so hard and it makes it, especially when coming to read because it's such a hard thing. Again, our brains are not naturally wired for reading, mm -hmm. right? Our brains are naturally wired for talking, mm -hmm. understanding language in that way. But this idea of connecting your vision to words, to your hearing, to your speaking, like that's a lot of processes oh, that yeah. we're doing all we at take once. It for, we take it for granted. We do. We take it for granted. And I know that I, I talk to, you know, when I do trainings with people on, you know, privilege, when we talk about privileges, sometimes there are just these things that we have that we don't even think about. We don't even think about it being a privilege and learning to read and having the, the tools and opportunities and all of those things that go into learning how to read and having, you know, teachers who do differentiated instruction and having teachers who will let their students kind of get up and walk around or get them like kind of devices to help them to pay attention and learn that's a privilege that not all students are given even today. Yep. That's not a privilege that all students are granted and it sets students up to fail. 100%. And I know that's, that's my overall goal. I want to eliminate that setting up students to fail because all students deserve the right to succeed. All students have the, the right to have opportunities that they want to have. And we shouldn't be setting up students just to fail because they don't fit into that traditional mold of what we think a good student is. Yep. Because 100%. all students are good students. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Yeah, you hit it right on the nail. That, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That that was my spiel. <laughs> I got on my soapbox for a minute. I was like, wait a minute. No, that's a, that's. I mean, you said it like I. I would say the same exact way because I feel the same exact way. No kid, no kid, no student, nobody should be left in this in this position. This is like it's like even somebody without learning how to walk. No, 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 no. Especially when they know how to. No, they should learn how to. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, they can't learn how to read. They're the kid. They need help. They need the help that you give, yes, give them, no matter yes. what. When they become adults, they can sit back and be like, hey, how was it teaching me? And you might be like, it was terrible. Yeah. And you'll be like, well, thanks for not, <laughs> you know what I mean, leaving me out there to drive. Like, well, thanks. But that's yeah. not how it is. But, you know, hey, there's some people out here like us who are willing to jump out there and say, well, maybe we can make some changes and get more people reading, more kids mm -hmm. opportunities. That's it. That's all yes. we can do. Get them more opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, give them books that they're interested in. Let's yep. let's ignite that that passion. I told this I think on the podcast before, but when I was teaching, I had I would get books from the library, so I would get fiction books and nonfiction books for the kids to look at, and I would pick up you know just all kinds of books, and I'd put them on the the circle time rug for them to just look at and just kind of explore, and I'd have one kid who just wanted nothing to do with these books. Just he would see it and be like, No, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> you know like would just not look at them or he'd like kick them or push them like he just was he did not care about these yeah. books and when i would read at circle time he was just like he would turn away he like he did not want he could not be bothered with this mm -hmm. whole book thing and i was like okay 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 and so one day i knew that he liked comic books he loved spider-man he loved batman like he loved comic books and superheroes so i just casually picked up a comic book one day like it was like a batman comic book and i just put it on the rug and he was like walking away from it and he looked and he's like wait a minute that's Batman. I know that character. Mm -hmm. So he started looking at the books and looking at the pictures. He came over to his friends. He's like, hey, look, look at this. And after that day, I kept bringing in different ones and he kept getting more excited. And then slowly but surely, I would notice that he would sit longer at circle time. And then he would start looking at the books that I was reading. Yeah. And by the end of that school year, he started asking questions about the books. He started getting excited about the books. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, okay, I see you. Like, yeah. Yep. That's 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 the magic of it. You start getting them excited yeah. about books and wanting to read yeah. because there is so much pleasure and joy and excitement about it. Yep. Um, but I can talk about this all day. I know you can talk about this all day. <laughs> yep. Yep. I want to be yep. respectful of your time. Um, but I have one last question for you, which mm. is how do you reimagine education? So how can the education system change and be different for students today? You know, I would say, listen to the students, you know, for once in our life, mm. somehow, some way we need to take some advice from the students and mm. start teaching them the way that they want to be taught. You know, we ain't got to be perfect on, you know, how it's going to turn out. But I think as we knew when we were growing up and now we're the adults, we knew more than the adults gave us credit for. That's why we made what we made. Yep. And now the kids like we were kids are here saying, hey, we know a couple of things that will make school a little better for us, make it a little better for all of us. Mm. You know, maybe we should try it this way for a little bit. And maybe that might make things better for everyone. If we, you know, sat back and literally listened to the kids and tried to figure out what's the best thing that they may need and then try to give it to them. Yes. Yes, I love mm. that. That is that is gold. Listen to those students. Yeah. Um, where can my audience find you? Is there anything that you're working on that you want to share with the, the audience? Um, all my social media handles are Oliver Speaks with the number one, 
And you can find me if you want to contact me at Oliver Speaks, the same thing, number one, at uh, Oliver Speaks one at gmail.com. And that's where people usually try to reach me for any speaking engagements or if they want me to do any talks to their schools or anything of that sort. That is amazing. And I look forward to just seeing how you continue to grow and develop on your platform and outside of that platform. I look forward to seeing you have more speaking engagements. And I look forward to seeing your book one day. It's going to be you. on those shelves. Thank you. I feel That's it's going to come out. I'm going to see it. I'm like, I talked to that guy. <laughs> well, if, it all, if all these things end up being what it is, I'll, I'm, I'll be more than happy. But right now, truth, I'll be honest, where I'm at right now, I'm more than, than, than blessed. This is pretty cool. So even being where I'm at right now. I, I'm excited. And just as a, as a viewer, I'm excited for you. And I'm really proud of where you come. And I know that you know, your, 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 you know, your child is very proud of where you are and where you continue to grow. And so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for all these amusing, beautiful things. And thank you so much for joining me and talking about reading and books. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. For tuning into Conscious Pathways. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe Conscious Pathways wherever you get your podcasts. I've also started releasing the video version of the podcast on YouTube. It's just Conscious Pathways, and I'll link that in our show notes as well. I know I like to sometimes listen to a podcast while I am doing some work and having the video version. It's just kind of like co-working with someone sometimes. Uh, so if you're into that as well, go ahead and give us a like and maybe a subscribe over on YouTube. And until next time, navigate your conscious journey with courage and kindness. And I'll see you then for more transformative conversations and education.